0: Once a quarter, companies in the United States of America report earnings, and that's important for investors. Once a quarter on this podcast, we do something else important for investors. Now, maybe not as important as whether your stock du jour beat its Wall Street estimates at the bell, but I would say almost as important, because once a quarter on Rule Breaker Investing, we play the Market Cap Game Show, and Episode 6 is coming up. Thanks to NetSuite by Oracle, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Get the free guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth, at netsuite.com. fool And thanks to Slack for supporting Rule Breaker Investing. Slack is a collaboration hub for work that makes sure the right people on your team are always in the loop, and key information is always at their fingertips. Learn more at slack.com. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder, David Gardner. And welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. I am delighted to be playing our game. It's our game. It's the Market Cap Game Show, first played August 2017 on this podcast. We play it once a quarter. And the first thing that you're going to notice is that I have a new guest. Say hello, guests.
1: Hi, I am Emily Flippin.
0: I am not Matt. And and for a lot of us who grew up around the fire, as little kids listening to Matt Argusinger (laughs) answer my questions on the Market Cap Game Show, this is a shock, Emily, that you're here.
1: I am honored to be the first non-Matt to play (laughs) this game.
0: And uh, you and I talked about this beforehand. I was honored that you were honored. All I wanted to say back to you is that I think you should feel honored. The real question is just, how? I don't think you should feel that honored, but how much honored is the only real question, Emily.
1: I think if I do well in this game, I'll be very honored. And if I come out zero for 10, (laughs) you might never see me again.
0: (laughs) I am so psyched to have Emily. Emily is on my team at Motley Fool Rule Breakers and Motley Fool Stock Advisor. Emily, you've been here, you were a summer intern in what year?
1: 2016, 2016. Summer 2016,
0: and then we hired you somewhere earlier in 2018. You've been here at the Fool for how many months?
1: Um, just over six months, so I'm still new.
0: It's been a great six months, Emily. It's a delight to have you at the Motley Fool. You know, you haven't been the best luck for the stock market so far in your tenure here at the Motley Fool. It
1: hasn't been. I love my Chinese stocks, and it's been a harsh year
0: to say the least. Yes. Well, we will be talking about China a little bit later this show, but so. I wanted to get out front, the where, the what, the why, and the how before we start the game. And the where was, where's Matt? So, Matt is away this week. We had to do the Market Cap Game Show this week. It was destined from the beginning of time. It was foreordained that we would do it this week. Matt is in Portland and Seattle on full Business. So, I started casting him out saying, well, who do I want to have after Matt? And I thought, let's have Emily. So, that's the where. Now, the what the why and the how the what emily's what is market cap i think it's always good for us to define our terms so can you lay out briefly for anybody who's just tuning in wondering what is market cap
1: yes the market cap is a way to measure the size of a business and it, all you're doing is you're taking the current stock price and multiplying it times the share is outstanding. So, I think a lot of people think about businesses in terms of how much they cost, but market cap kind of gives you a more holistic picture about the size of a business versus maybe the size of its market or its competitors.
0: Yeah, or its price per share, because I think a lot of that people, too. especially as new investors, lock in and they think, you know, I want to buy a stock that would be below $10 a share. Right. It sounds exciting to think that you're buying shares of a company that's at four dollars and thirty three cents because you think, you know, if it just went to eight or nine, I could double my money. And so I think I don't know how you were as an early investor, Emily, growing up listening to the market cap game shows as a little kid. Did you did you ever fall for the allure of low share prices? Of
1: course, especially when you don't have a lot of money to invest. So, growing up, you know, $20 burned a hole in my pocket. So, you know, getting a stock for $10 or below, it felt like a great deal. But those single digit stocks, I mean, a lot of times they're single digit for a reason. Um, and you can even have a single digit stock that has a huge market cap and not a lot of room to double, despite this fact that the stock price looks like it could. So, a lot of things to consider other than just the price.
0: Very well put. So, the market cap is just really the price tag that you would be paying to buy a company outright. And there's a little bit of an asterisk there, because there's an enterprise value factor where you factor in the debt of a company or how much cash it has. Those things can factor into how much they actually would be bought for. But basically, keeping it simple out there, market cap is the value of a company. And so, when we heard that Apple became the first trillion-dollar market cap company. Briefly, market cap became not just a geeky obsession of an investing podcast offered by The Motley Fool, but in fact became national news, international news, the market cap of Apple or Amazon. So, I think we've done a good job, thank you, Emily, defining the what. What is market cap? Now, why do we play this? Now, I have my own thought or my own answer, but Emily, beyond just having fun with each other, which is a big point of this game show, why why do you think we do this?
1: It makes people think critically about these companies. Um, You know, when you think about a company that maybe you use every day and you're very happy about, and you find out they have a very small market cap, I mean, maybe you think, wow, I really thought that company was bigger and it can go a lot of places, and vice versa. If you find out a company that, you know, doesn't do much is worth, you know, a lot of money in the market, maybe maybe they're kind of priced out. So, it provides a different perspective, I think, when you look at a company's market cap.
0: It does. And it's, it's a fun way to compare different companies. You can take companies within the same industry, you can say, like, which is bigger, Wendy's or McDonald's? And it's kind of fun. Off the top of my head, I would have to guess McDonald's, and probably not even close. But neither of those is within my purview or what we do here within um, Rule Breakers and Stock Advisor, the Supernova universe, neither of those companies is there, but it's also fun to compare companies outside of their own industries. So, for example, now that I am looking up McDonald's market cap, I see it's at $143 billion as we tape here on Tuesday afternoon, 4 o'clock Eastern, December 10th, about $143 billion. And I'm looking across some of the stocks we do follow in the Supernova universe, the 220-plus companies that represent all of the investment recommendations that are active for me across my two big services. And look at it, Amgen, the great biotech company. Thousand Oaks, California, Epogen, Neupogen, one of the best long-term American biotech companies not just of our time, but of any time, because this is a newer industry, but Amgen is worth about the same as McDonald's. I just think that's pretty interesting. And Emily, I see you smiling. You also think that's interesting.
1: I I definitely do. And I I think it's interesting because you get an idea about the size of these sectors, too, which have nothing to do with each other. Um, So, it's fun. I think knowing a company's market cap provides a lot of information beyond just the price and the
0: number of shares. It's kind of funny to think that over the course of Biotechnology becoming an industry during my lifetime. I won't say yours, Emily, because you're younger than I am, and so I think it preceded I am. <laughs> you. But I will say that I was when I was your age, biotech was just starting. So, mm-hmm. but it's funny to think that like the top dog of biotech at this point is about the same size as the top dog of fast food. The fast food industry took a long time to get to that, and it's interesting to see Amgen right there at the same size as McDonald's. Anyway, without getting too far down the hole here, that's why. We like to play this game because as you mentioned, Emily, you get a sense, all of a sudden you have a, a measuring stick that that anybody can can use, can just grab. You don't have to have studied finance or be a stock market junkie to understand now that Amgen and McDonald's are roughly the same values. So that's why we do this. It's also helpful, I think, before we move to the how and then we start our game. It's also helpful to remember that if you want a stock to go up five or ten or twenty times in value over the course of the time that you hold it, you probably should think about where it's valued today like what is the market cap so for example how much would it take for mcdonald's to go up five times in value now and the answer is it would have to go from about 140 billion to about 700 billion so that's a lot of billions that's hundreds of billions it seems unlikely anytime soon mcdonald's will go up five times in value but for some companies with a market cap of let's say 2 or 3 billion if they have an exciting technology it is certainly possible that they could go up five times in value. So, Emily, it's sometimes a good measure for us thinking almost like venture capitalists and asking, what is the multiple I might be able to see off this investment over time?
1: I think it also is great when you look at how much value companies have lost. So going back to my, you know, interest in Chinese stocks, a lot of great Chinese companies have lost. You know, billions of dollars in market cap value over the past year. So, also looking at it in that framework is kind of interesting.
0: Yes, and that is particularly relevant because the market has been so weak over the it last has. couple of months, especially, that we're going to see some market caps that have come down. And we're I'm going, going to, to be, be rounding so.
1: all of my numbers <laughs> down.
0: <laughs> okay, good. And now, that just leaves us with the house. So, I know many of us are regular listeners. You've heard at least one episode before. You may already be forgetting that Matt Argersinger used to be Uh, the guest star on this show at this point, because you've heard so many of our shows over the course of time. But now, with Emily here, I just want to make sure we're clear on the rules. So I'll be presenting 10 comedies this podcast, as I always have. Emily, for each one of them, you have no idea what's coming.
1: No idea. Unfortunately. We
0: haven't (laughs) talked about it ahead of time. So, unfortunately, there was no opportunity for you to study ahead. Now, you might have done some homework. You might have looked up and down our long list of stocks and thought, hmm, maybe I should know. Maybe you'll ask me about that one.
1: I I tried. It was a tough thing to do. I mentioned this earlier, but my best study technique was just to get a general idea about the size of the company because how many hundreds of companies are on the Supernova scorecard? More
0: than a couple hundred.
1: Virtually impossible to memorize all this.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. And that's partly why the game works, I think, because if we only had 15 stocks and we talked about the same 15 every time, it would be pretty easy, (laughs) exactly. So, 10 companies. You don't know what they are. They come from different industries. There's going to be a mix of different market caps. In every case, Emily, you're going to give your best shot at guessing what the market cap of that company is. And then, if you're within 20% either way, then you're going to get it right. And while you are my main player, because I'm looking at you and playing the game with you, the truth is that we have thousands of people listening right now who are going to be playing by themselves at home or in their car or while they jog, because that's the spirit of the market cap game show. We're all playing it. So, quick example, if a company's actual market cap is $10 billion, then within 20% either way means $2 billion either way. So, if that were a company that we're playing the game with, if you guess from eight To 12, anywhere in that range, you give yourself a check mark. You get this sound. Yep, we'll play it in the podcast, but that should go off in your head as well. We'll just be scoring Emily, but please be scoring yourself. And yes, we use a little bit of baseball. Emily, I think I understand you're not a huge baseball fan. I'm
1: not a huge baseball fan. I don't know much about sports in general, believe it or not, (laughs) but I can play along.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So basically, we just do a batting average and we see how many out of 10 did you get, or it's like shooting free throws in basketball. And we found that in general, for an analyst at the Motley Fool of the caliber of somebody like Matt singer who outperforms most of the rest of us, you can get about half of them, maybe. So, so I would no say, pressure. Yeah, <laughs> as as a new player, Emily, I would say that if you get three or more, then you you've gotten off to a good start.
1: Okay, I like a low bar. Um, So, hopefully, I can reach that. If that's the low bar, I don't want to see what it's like if I walk away with less than that. But I will give it, like you mentioned, my best shot.
0: Awesome. And that's all we can ask of Emily and you at home. So, without further ado, let's get started. Stock number 1. It's fair to say that this is now the most famous stock in market cap game show history, because it's been asked more than any other. And never, not once, did Matt ever guess the correct market cap. Emily, I understand you may have listened to some of the past shows.
1: I I did listen to the past shows, and I did prepare for this on the off chance it was happening. I did not expect for this to happen, but I, I do believe I know what stock you're talking about.
0: Excellent. So, it starts with an E, and what's the second letter? T. Excellent. And then an S and a Y. Say it with me at home. Yep, it's Etsy. So, Etsy is, of course, the e-commerce platform, uniting sellers worldwide, handicrafts and other things, with people who want to buy. And in this time of year, in particular, I think about all of the commerce around the holidays. In fact, I was watching television, some sports on TV over the weekend, and I saw an Etsy television commercial. I'm not sure that I've ever seen an Etsy television commercial. So, it's a little bit of a coming-of-age moment, I think, for this company.
1: And I've used Etsy for a lot of gifts. I like how personalized it makes it. You know, If you go on Amazon, a lot of times you're getting a lot of the same things, right? Everyone's seeing the same ads on Amazon. But when you get an Etsy gift, it makes it kind of special, which is why I think this company has such a high market cap and why maybe it was hard for Matt to guess. I think he went high once and then low once and then he figured it out the third time but missed by a little bit, I think, still. You're exactly um, right. So, I, I, I'm pretty confident.
0: Excellent. Well, then, with all that said, Emily Flibbin, what is the market cap of Etsy, ticker symbol E-T-S-Y?
1: I'm going to guess that the market cap of Etsy is about 7000000000 billion.
0: I'm getting a little emotional right now. That's the <laughs> first time that this company has ever had its market cap guessed correctly. I'll have to thank Matt cap. for it. <laughs> Emily, I don't want to say that you're better than Matt, but with one company, you are better than Matt.
1: Well, I'm on the scoreboard, and that's all I really you know, care for. So Great
0: job. You're one for one. Yep. The market cap of Etsy as we do this taping is six point seven billion. So guessing at home, if you are anywhere from five point four billion to eight billion, you got it. Now, I think it's worth mentioning that we have a hashtag that you can use in social media to let us know how you're doing. And In the past, it's always been, I beat Matt, I lost to Matt, but of course now it's, I beat Emily, or I lost to Emily, or I tied Emily. So, over the course of our game together with our 10 stocks, score yourself against Emily, and please feel free to use hashtag I beat Emily, hashtag I lost to Emily, of course, at RBI Podcast is our Twitter handle. So, with all that said, outstanding start, Emily, great job!
1: Thank you. Did I
0: shock you that I led with Etsy?
1: You actually did. Um, as I was, I listened to the first two and I thought, "Ooh, he might bring up Etsy again." And then by the time I listened to the third one, and I was like, "Okay, he's moved on from Etsy. He surely's moved on from
0: Etsy." I d- don't tell our listeners, but I might the next several times always lead off with Etsy. I to me, this has become a thing. So I will mention briefly, Etsy was first picked in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. It was November of 2016. The stock was at $13.12. It's tipping the scales at $55 today. So, it's been an outstanding four-bagger in just two years and one month so far. So, it's spectacular. And what's funny about that is that Etsy wasn't even that on fire when we first picked it. I think it just kind of bounced around those first few months and people were like, really? Etsy? And the answer is, yeah. Etsy. All right. Let's move to stock number 2. Emily, what is your home state? Texas. And can you just tell me briefly, where did, where did you come from in Texas and a little bit about your life?
1: I come from McKinney, Texas. And that's going to sound like nothing to a lot of people, because it's not much, but it's suburb of Dallas. So, it was a nice area to grow up. Um, you know, I do have a bit of that Texas loyalty, Even though I was not born in the state, but you know, raised there, so I do feel a bit of loyalty to my home state of Texas.
0: Wonderful. And McKinney, Texas, does it? How small is McKinney, Texas? You know, it It was was not that small, right?
1: Oh, it was much smaller when I, you know, lived there. I think now it's gotten and it's huge. It's part of the Dallas metroplex. So I'm not sure if it's differentiable, differentiatable from Dallas itself.
0: Yeah, and you know, when I fly to Dallas, actually, this was more like when I was going to Dallas 20 years ago, they used to make a big deal about the phrase, Metroplex. I heard you invoke it right there. (laughs) Dallas and Fort Worth taken together (laughs) is the Metroplex. Is that really like a phrase that people who actually live in Dallas and or Fort Worth or McKinney use?
1: Well, in Texas, if you don't have a car, you don't have legs. So, you have to drive everywhere. And unfortunately, because of that fact, Dallas just sprawls. So, it really is a Metroplex.
0: All right, Now, In your time growing up in Texas, did you ever find yourself going to fast food restaurants or maybe ever to roadhouses?
1: I have been to, I think I know where this is going. I have been to Texas Roadhouse many times in my life. You have? My best friend from Texas, it's her absolute favorite restaurant for a good reason.
0: And what is the reason?
1: You know, they have great rolls. We can start off with the cinnamon butter rolls. I mean, that's what always was my biggest selling point. For her, it's the steak. You know, steaks are healthy, in her opinion, healthy. I'm not sure how much butter they cook it in, Uh, but you get a good slice of meat. Um, It's predictable everywhere you go. Uh, Good friendly atmosphere. The peanuts on the floor kind of round out the whole experience.
0: Yep. Except for those who have peanut allergies. Of
1: course. <laughs> That's
0: one of the reasons I haven't been. Our son oh, has no, one. I and I always that. wish that they didn't do the peanuts. but I totally can appreciate it. And I love the spirit of Texas Roadhouse and the CEO, Kent Taylor. So, Texas Roadhouse has been a Motley Fool's stock Advisor pick. I first picked it in August of 2013. Emily, what is the market cap, within 20% either way, of Texas Roadhouse?
1: So, this is a hard one. Uh, I, I want to think... Texas Roadhouse is bigger than it is because everything's bigger in Texas. But I'm starting to think that maybe Texas Roadhouse, even though they have hundreds of stores, might be smaller than I might give it credit for. I'm going to try to make a safe guess here of about $5 billion.
0: Excellent. Oh, $4.7 Texas is going to
1: be upset at me if I missed that one.
0: <laughs> that was really well done. What's your friend's name? Caitlin. Caitlin. Shout out to Caitlin, who probably helped. Her passion <laughs> For the roles, it sounds like just starting right there. The Everyone's butter.
1: passion for the roles.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So playing at home, if you were anywhere, because the market cap of Texas Roadhouse is 4.7 billion. If you were anywhere from 3.8, that's right. We actually take it out to one decimal place for smaller companies. 3.8 up to 5.6 billion. Give yourself a check mark. Emily has started off two for two. I think that qualifies as officially on fire. Emily, you are on fire. Let's go to company number three. Company number 3 is a Chinese company. And I selected it, Emily, because I know a little bit about your background after you left McKinney, Texas. No doubt, a storied high school career, and it was time to go to college. And what college did you select?
1: I went to New York University, but I went to their Shanghai campus.
0: What were you intending to study when you went to New York University?
1: You know, I didn't have my mind made up, but I loved business, I loved finance, and I wanted to study Chinese. So, I figured, You know, let's go to China. If it doesn't work, I can always leave. Uh, But I went, I loved it, it was a wonderful experience. Sad to say, my Chinese is not as good as it should be, but I think as a result, I have this kind of special place in my heart for Chinese companies and Chinese stocks.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember from a coffee early on when you first joined us, did I learn that you were initially, it was like an experimental campus, the Shanghai campus, and maybe for your freshman year, you were thinking, you know, I'll be there for my freshman year, that's an interesting first year at NYU. But then, did you not stay all four years in Shanghai for your NYU experience?
1: I did. I stayed all four years. It was We are part of the inaugural class of NYU Shanghai, so it was an experiment. The first year, it was a bit of a mess. We stayed on a Chinese university's campus because our university campus hadn't been built yet. Uh, But we did develop a lot of camaraderie between the you know 300 or so of us that made that very questionable decision at 18 years old to move across the world uh, to a university that didn't exist.
0: (laughs) I think it's pretty great, though. Good for you. What a rule breaker you are. Yeah. So um so Baidu is a company that has been probably our longest standing best performing Chinese company. When you were over in Shanghai, did you have a sense of Baidu was it a a big name that you were hearing people talk about a lot and use?
1: It was probably the first Chinese stock that I ever spent a lot of time looking at. It was pervasive and I but a distinct memory I have of it is when I did a semester here in DC. Actually, studying at NYU's campus in DC, uh-huh. my semester abroad, you could say. Okay. <laughs> um, I remember that a lot of the Chinese students that came with me for that semester, you know, free access to internet. We had free access to internet when we were in China as well, but none of the Chinese students wanted to use Google. Um, you, they were Baidu loyal. Baidu gave the best search results in Chinese. And that's when it occurred to me how sticky that was. Because even with open and, and free internet, a lot of Chinese students still used Baidu, because Baidu had years and years of, of search history for and algorithms for Chinese users. So, mm. I mean, it's one of those stocks that, from you know, the get-go, I was really interested in.
0: And you know what's cool about that is that, for a lot of us who've held the stock for a long time, and In fact, Baidu was first picked in 2006 for Rule Breakers, so if you're a longtime Rule Breakers member, perhaps you've owned it for 12 years or so. For all of its success, and it's up about 21 times in value, for all of its success, for many of us here in the U.S. and no doubt other places that aren't China, we don't really still have any experience or any hands-on associations with Baidu, other than the ticker symbol BIDU, (laughs) and it's been an awesome, you know, Chinese Google, in quotes. So, it's it's a delight. And, and one thing that I've appreciated about you is your Chinese experience and background, and that gives you a perspective, which you add value to our team. So, thank you very much. And, Emily, since we're talking about Baidu, within 20% either way, what is the market cap of ticker symbol B-I-D-U? I should say, for those who don't know, Baidu is actually spelled B-A-I-D-U. What's the market cap?
1: Well, if I didn't know Baidu, I should probably leave the studio now. (laughs) Uh, But what's interesting about Baidu is that there's a lot of really large Chinese companies, a lot of really small Chinese companies, but Baidu is kind of stuck there right in the middle. Um, So, if my memory serves, which it could not, uh, if it does, I think it's right around $60
0: Nailed it once again. In some ways, I was trying to give Emily a little bit of an on-ramp into her first game because I thought, you know, Etsy, we have to ask that. But then, Texas Roadhouse, I honestly didn't know that you'd ever spent any time in Texas Roadhouse, but I did know you were a Texan. I did think you'd probably get Baidu, but you have started out 3-of-3, and so what I said earlier was just like par. You've already scored par. Well, like I still have
1: plenty of room to throw this one away, so (laughs) let's not speak too quickly.
0: All right, company number four is completely different. Now earlier you said something about Texans that I hadn't heard it before it was it was eloquent though Emily, it's something about if you don't have a car you
1: you don't have legs.
0: you don't have legs. So let's talk a little bit about cars. Now do you have a car today? I do have a car actually you do have a car. Did you feel like you needed one? I know a lot of so-called millennials, a term that's a little bit threadbare at this point, (laughs) but I know a lot of younger people feel like they don't need cars in urban areas because they can just kind of get around with subway, bikes, and Lyft, but that's not you. Well, it should be me. I
1: really have no reason that I have a car other than I moved here from Connecticut, where I did need a car uh, when I was working up there, so it kind of came with me. I now live off a metro stop. I could very easily metro into work, metro into see my friends and get groceries, but yet I have this vestige left with me, my car. Uh, We'll see if I ever end up cutting the cord on that car. But for now, I have it, and for now, I enjoy it.
0: And I enjoy my car, too, so I'm glad that we both have cars. Emily, I'm curious, did you buy that yourself? How did, what was the process by which you bought that car?
1: Well, I was very lucky to have some parents who were very supportive of me when I graduated college who gave me their old Honda Civic.
0: Wonderful. Um, so,
1: it's not a fancy car, but it gets me from A to B, and I do kind of love it.
0: <laughs> Could you imagine buying a, another car someday?
1: It's hard for me to imagine right now. I think if I woke up tomorrow, my car was gone, there was nothing I could do about it, I probably wouldn't be in the market for a car, at least not immediately.
0: But if for some reason you were just compelled to do so, to buy another car, what would be the process you would use to buy that car?
1: That's such a hard question. I I like to consider myself a frugal person, so I'd like to think I would probably go online and look for whatever good used car I could find online. I like my Honda Civic, so maybe I would be looking up for, you know, a Honda Civic, that's a few years old, nearby, and not too expensive.
0: Well, this sounds a little bit like the True Car buying experience. True car is a pretty bad rule breaker stock pick so far. <laughs> I first picked it in January of 2015. We've let off with some big winners. It's wonderful to talk about making 21 times our money in Baidu, but TrueCar has gone from $17.93 when I picked it almost four years ago now, down to $9.88. So, it's down 46%. But it is an online buying platform where you're aggregating information. And if you're in the greater D.C. area, you could basically say, hey, everybody, I want to buy the next Honda Civic. And everybody would be all the local Honda dealers. And all of a sudden, within about three seconds of you typing your information into that platform, because this was the literal experience that I recently had, (laughs) you're going to get mail bombed and phone calls from all of the dealers with civics that want to sell you a civic, but what's impressive about it is that's all transparent. And that's why the promise of the True Car platform is never overpay for another car again. That's how the company markets itself. So True Car ticker ticker symbol T R U E. Emily, what is the market cap of TrueCar within twenty percent either way?
1: You know, I I don't think I know this one. Um, I know that it's smaller than Say Carmax or a company like that, definitely, and it's
0: a lot smaller than it was four years ago when I picked it. Exactly,
1: so that was a little bit of a hint. (laughs) Um, So I'm I'm guessing that this is in the billions, but uh, in the very small billions. I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here: 1.5 billion. Oh no. <laughs>
0: that was incredibly close though. I almost feel bad because the company is worth one point one billion.
1: Oh and so it's that twenty very... percent margin. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> so playing at home, if you said anywhere from $900 nine hundred million point nine billion up to one point three billion, you got it right, Emily. You were extremely close. I almost feel bad saying that you got that wrong. But you did get that wrong. I did. We got to play by the game, so you're three for four. And I feel like I may have disincented you from using the true car platform if you are one day going to buy another car, which it sounds like you may never.
1: Well, if I did, I I can't say after this experience, I'd go there first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, before we get to company number five, support for Rule Breaker Investing comes from NetSuite by Oracle. The business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. This isn't some one-size-fits-all software. With industry-specific support for a broad range of business, NetSuite works the way your business works. Thousands of the best-known brands and fastest-growing companies use NetSuite to manage their business, and now it's available to you. The power of the world's most popular cloud management system is more affordable than you think. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights to overcome the obstacles that are holding you back for free. Save time and money by managing sales, finance, accounting, orders, and HR instantly, right from your desk or phone. Get the free guide, Crushing the Five Barriers to Growth, at netsuite.com. And each time I do this ad read, I always point out that NetSuite was a wonderful Rule Breaker stock. It was an excellent company. In fact, I think they had Billy Bean of Oakland Athletics Moneyball fame on the board of that company because they're all about, there's a lot of analytics that they do on the platform. So NetSuite was a wonderful company before it got eaten up by a larger company, Oracle. Which Larry Elson had relationships to both companies. Anyway, NetSuite, no doubt, a fine product. Uh, So, if you are looking again to save time and money by managing sales, finance, accounting, orders, NHR, instantly—that's right, NetSuite.com/slash. All right, let's get to company number five. So, we're going to keep it with cars because automobiles—it's—it's a huge industry now. One of the things often said by those who talk about the oncoming revolution of autonomous vehicles, one of the things said is that we may not need as many cars in future. It's pointed out that if you and I don't necessarily own vehicles as much in a future, where they just kind of autonomously come and pick us up and drop us off different places, you don't need as many cars on the road. You don't have cars sitting in people's driveways anymore. It's just, it's just more efficient.
1: That sounds wonderful. I think a world like that, if it exists, I hope it's coming soon. Our environment could definitely use it.
0: Yep. I could definitely use it. <laughs> yeah, and another thing, another aspect of the world that could change is that if we don't have as many companies, there won't be as much of a market for aftermarket parts, there won't be as much maintenance needed. There are actually a lot of profound changes. That could happen to our civilization. Things like we don't need parking lots. So many parking lots downtown. So uh, maybe your autonomous vehicle drops you off at the party and then goes half an hour away and just parks itself somewhere and then comes back and gets you later. It really, it's very comprehensive and profound how the world might change. And so this company could arguably get a little bit hurt. Now the reason I wanted to play the game with this company is because. One of the things I kind of love about it is that it's like the least known, least branded company of all. In some ways, because I can already tell you're a ringer, Emily, I'm kind of glad that I'm bringing this company out because I think a lot of us are already intimidated by your performance. And so let's see if you can keep it up with LKQ Corporation. Now, this is a company that, hilariously to me, just has three letters in its name. It's not even like Acme after market parts, it's just LKQ Corporation. But this is a leader. For looking for aftermarket parts, so if you are somebody who wants to fix up your own car, or you're professionals that are constantly servicing other people's cars, foreign cars, etc., LKQ is a leader. It's an interesting stock. I first picked it in May of 2012. It was at 18 back then. Today it's at 25 and a half, which you know sounds pretty good, 18 to 25 and a half. Here's the problem. That was about six and a half years ago, and the market over that time is actually up 128 percent. So. LKQ Corporation even though it's made money for stock advisor members and it's a company that I like and admire, it's a company that is 86 percentage points behind the S&P 500. So, that's a little bit about LKQ. Emily, do you have any experience at all with any LKQ aftermarket parts? Did
1: you say it's LKQ? <laughs>
0: I have no experience
1: uh, with LKQ, and unfortunately, don't think I'm going to be making a very accurate guess here in a minute.
0: So, they list themselves on their website, which is by the way, LKQCorp.com. I'm shocked. As a global leader in aftermarket parts, as we've been talking about. And you can search their inventory, you can tap in your zip code, and get directions to an LKQ location if you're looking to pick up some parts for your Honda Civic. Uh, it's a very impressive company, but much more under the radar than typically the companies that we feature on the market cap game show. Emily Flippin, I'm guessing that you're you're guessing. We'll see.
1: That's a safe guess.
0: <laughs> what is the market cap within 20% either way of LKQ Corp. ticker symbol LKQ?
1: Well, so I'm going to start off by trying to figure out if this is a small cap, a mid cap, or a large cap. Um, I think that's a safe bet. And you know, companies like this, it might be a sleeper giant. Shot in the dark, $18 billion.
0: Nice try. I mean, I, I don't think I would have done great myself. This is not one of our more talked-about companies mm-hmm. at The Motley Fool. Usually, in our discussion boards and when we write updates, our members want us to update them on companies that are much better known. So, these sleepier, quiet, under-the-radar companies are really harder to keep up with. Further. I kind of love it when we find ones that do really well. A company like Middleby, which my brother Tom found first, was a very quiet, sleepy company, and yet a tremendous stock over the course of the last decade or so. So, LKQ Corporations' market cap is $8.4 I
1: was way over! <laughs> so,
0: you were about double, but you know. I think a lot of us were guessing on this one.
1: Can't people buy more car parts? <laughs> Shouldn't I be bringing my car there?
0: <laughs> we would love them too. And now you know where to go if you have any problems with, with needing extra parts for your Civic. So. Playing at home, if you guessed anywhere from six point seven billion dollars up to ten point one, that's twenty percent either side of that eight point four, which was the right answer for LKQ Corp. Give yourself a check mark. So Emily, you're three for five batting six hundred. That is above Matt Argusinger's lifetime batting average. So good halfway job. there. So Emily, let's go to company number six. And I didn't intend any real flow to this, but I'm seeing some flow and how how we're going through these companies. So let's stay with um e-commerce companies let's stay with companies that like Etsy in some ways this company has its own online platform but then kind of like LKQ it's a little bit of a stretch bigger more expensive stuff than you're going to be buying on Etsy and so I'm curious do you have a do you live in an apartment a house what are you doing like how are you rolling here in Washington DC
1: I am rolling here in an apartment
0: excellent and did it come pre furnished
1: it did not come pre-furnished, but luckily going back to anecdotal parents experience, they they did hand me down, you know, an old mattress, um, an old couch, so I was and then I went to IKEA, I guess, for everything else. So I was relatively set up when I made the move.
0: Yep, great. And it's what what wonderful parents you have and that's always so, so good to hear. Um, so you went to IKEA. I
1: did I did go
0: to IKEA. You didn't think about maybe just like going online and checking out one of our favorite rule breaker stocks, Wayfair? Ah. and its website, which is all set up to sell sell you a bed, sell you a couch.
1: You know, there might be more trendy young people out there who knew, know how to use like, the internet. Um, <laughs> I know how to use my car. <laughs> so, I went ahead and made the drive. But using more anecdotal experiences, I, my mother is a huge fan of Wayfair, got a lot of our furniture off the website. She said, ordered it online, was there in two days, um, set everything up herself. So, to me, it kind of felt like a more expensive IKEA delivery, uh, but you know they've done wonderfully.
0: It's a really interesting company because Wayfair, and I know many of us listening will have bought from Wayfair, but many of us, especially international listeners, may not be aware. But this is a company competing pretty successfully with Amazon, which is hard they've to do. Mm-hmm. But in part because these are really big, really bulky things, right? When you buy a couch and it gets delivered to you, that's that's not as easy for Amazon to do with Amazon Prime, let's say, and so. All of these bigger ticket items, really where Wayfair lives and breathes as a company, is really, even though it's still not profitable today, it's a company that's been an outstanding grower. First picked in August of 2015, the stock was at about 43 then. It's more than doubled, so it's been an outstanding selection for rule breaker members. Another fun thing about Wayfair is that it's one of those 26 or fewer companies that has a one letter ticker symbol. So I guess nobody w. else was using W. Like Warehouser could have taken it or Wendy's could have used W. How about Walt Disney could have used W, but nope. Wayfair somehow just scored the single single letter ticker symbol. So it sounds like the Flippin family has had some experience with this brand and this e-commerce experience.
1: They have. The Flippin' family has been set up by Wayfair before. So if I miss this one, maybe my mom will come out for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Emily. What is the market cap of Wayfair within twenty percent? Either way.
1: See now I'm thinking back to L. Was it LKQ?
0: It was LKQ. And I'm
1: seeing how ridiculous that guess is now.
0: Um, <laughs> really?
1: Yes, because I'm thinking Wayfair has to be bigger than LKQ, um, but definitely not as big as eighteen billion, which I think was what my guess for LKQ was. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a decimal place on this way. Let's say ten point five billion. Ooh, solid. Wow,
0: really good. You know, Emily, when you get it, you get it almost I, dead I was, on. I
1: feel like I'm either way off, I have it right, or I'm just, you know, in the stars somewhere. As we
0: tape, Wayfair is at almost exactly to the second decimal, $10 billion. So, playing at home, if you guessed anywhere from 8 to $12 billion, you, along with Emily, can give yourself a check mark. You got on base to use our baseball parlance. Great job. Emily, you are now four for six.
1: Not terrible.
0: Not terrible at all. Do you feel inspired, maybe, to click into the Wayfair.com site and think about maybe a gift for some of your fellow fools at Christmas? Sending furniture to some of the people that you work with, like well, the in- podcast, the hosts.
1: investing team is doing a gift exchange. So somebody might get a couch.
0: <laughs> that will be a great oh, surprise. I'm sure they'll as be the very truck, happy with as this. <laughs> the truck pulls up in front of Matt Argusinger's yeah. home. I'm sure that Matt will be shocked. All right. Company number seven, and yeah, the flow continues because we just talked about this company. It's Amazon.com. Amazon, of course, while Wayfair has certainly carved out its own niche, Amazon remains the great e commerce company of our time. The reason I wanted to select this as company number seven, Emily, is because Amazon, in a much vaunted headline that we talked about earlier in the show, crossed the trillion dollar market cap mark recently, and yet, if you've been following along, and I'm sure you've been following at least a little bit along, it's no longer over a trillion. In fact, some might be shocked just how far Amazon has fallen and how quickly from that trillion-dollar market cap of just seemingly weeks ago.
1: Oh, now I'm second-guessing my guess now.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm not trying to tilt you too much either way. And I'm also speaking to our listeners every time I speak to Emily. So, it's been a fascinating ride for Amazon stock. I mean, not just the company which we first picked, in September of 2002 at $15.31 for Stock Advisor. So, it's gone up um, yeah, over 10,000% since then. Just so that's a little been bit. One of our best picks ever. A 106-bagger at market close this Tuesday. So, it's been a completely awesome stock. And really, years before that, we picked it online back when we had an AOL site, and The Motley Fool was just early, early days. And so, we've had a long-time love affair with Amazon the stock, Amazon the business, certainly for me, um, appreciating so much how much convenience has been added to my life, somebody who doesn't like to shop. But, at the same time, wow, what a drop the stock has experienced since hitting that trillion-dollar market cap. Players at home and Emily Flippin' within 20% either way, what is the market cap of Amazon?
1: So earlier we were talking about market cap and how it's fun to look at how much market cap can be lost. Um, and I remember reading a headline not too long ago that Amazon had lost, I think it was two hundred billion in market cap. So my guess, I mean, I have a lot of error of margin here, so I'm I'm hopefully not, you know, over undershooting it. I'm gonna say eight hundred billion for Amazon.
0: And indeed, very close once again, Emily. Well done. Seven hundred eighty-eight billion, as we tape. That means playing at home. If you're anywhere from six hundred thirty billion up to nine hundred forty-six billion, if you'd said a trillion, you could no longer get it right anymore. Though, six thirty up to nine forty-six. One day we will again. Yes, we'll get there. I do trust that that day will will happen. Perhaps even in two thousand nineteen, we'll see whether Amazon and stocks snap back next year or not but it's it's been an incredible stock for the long term but it is kind of breathtaking how much market cap has been shaved off of Amazon in just a matter of weeks.
1: Yeah, 200 billion. Think about all the stocks we just talked about, you know, some together probably don't even reach that point. So
0: You're right. In fact, without giving any spoilers, I think if you took all of the market caps of everything in this podcast and added it together, it wouldn't equal Amazon. So, a remarkable thing. So you don't to think have about. Apple coming
1: next then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good job. You've inferred correctly. Before we get to companies 8, 9, and 10, thanks to Slack for supporting Rule Breaker Investing. Slack is a collaboration hub for work. Whatever work you do, with Slack, the right people on your team are kept in the loop and the information they need is always at their fingertips. Teamwork on Slack happens in channels, letting you organize conversations and information around projects, offices, and teams. And because everything you need to work on is in one place, it's faster and it's easier to get things done. With Slack, your team is better connected. Find out more at slack.com. Yep, we've used Slack here at The Motley Fool for years. I use Slack nearly every day for fast and effective communication. Slack saves me time and improves productivity. And you can go back and pretty easily find like stuff that you sent people a file or a picture or something that you said to them. I was trying to figure out earlier where Matt Argusinger had gone, and I remembered he told me that on Slack. So, so helpful. No more switching across multiple tabs and platforms to keep updated with your work. Slack works everywhere you go. With mobile apps for iOS and Android that sync seamlessly, you can always pick up where you left off, no matter where you are. Slack, where work happens. Learn more at slack.com. That's slack, S-L-A-C-K.com. All right, we're in the home stretch. Emily, you are 5 of 7.
1: I'm happy with that performance.
0: I am I'm extremely <laughs> impressed. I think I think a lot of us are impressed. And I don't want to put too much more pressure on you, but you have an opportunity to maybe do something that's never been done in this game's history. If you could get 7.
1: Oh, Matt's never gotten 7. I,
0: I, I believe Matt's highs have been 6 out of 10 okay. a well, few times. And Matt is Matt
1: better watch his back.
0: <laughs> indeed he must let's go to company number eight. Now, this is a Rule Breaker stock pick. It was first picked in May of 2008, so that means it's about 10 years old or so. And at the time, I picked it along with my team, and we were saying, you know, computers are being virtualized. Um, There's an opportunity now. You don't have to use all of the hard drive space on your computer at home or at work. You can actually start using software and more effectively use your hard drive Storage through virtualization. You can actually have more than one operating system on a computer. And VMware was the company that really brought that to the world. Since then, the whole cloud computing revolution has come. It's not gone. It's going to be around for a long time. And VMware has been a company behind that. One of the early players, initially owned outright by EMC and spun off, became a public company. And uh, here's a fun fact before I ask you about VMWs that's the ticker symbol. VMW's market cap, Emily. Fun fact: 2017 Glassdoor printed that VMware is the third highest-paying U.S. company. That's just interesting. I'm sorry to say that you don't work for a company that's in the top (laughs) five. But uh, but if you if you leave us, I hope you won't for VMware. Then you could probably make more money there if you have the skills that we're making here. I doubt they would hire me (laughs) (laughs) if you say so. Okay. Without further ado, Emily, what is the market cap for VMware?
1: Well, first, I want to say I cannot believe you recommended it in 2008. That's very ahead of its time. My awareness of virtual machines is probably two years old, maybe. Um, And I know this company, since it's been such a long time wreck, it has to be huge. I don't think it's up in the hundreds of billions.
0: Um, I will mention before you make your guess that. It's it's been a good stock, but not a great stock. It's kind of funny because I do feel like we got ahead of the world on this one, but it was a larger company at the time. But the stock we picked it at 65 back in 2008 and today it's at 162. So, I mean, it's up 144%, but here's the thing, the S&P 500 is up 138%. So, we're beating the market 10 years later by 6 percentage points right now. <laughs> so, it's been more like an index fund than yes. not. But still, it's more tax-efficient than an index fund, because we've just been buying and holding. We haven't been paying any distributions or any taxes, as mutual fund holders have to do. Anyway, Emily, what do you think about the market cap here?
1: I'm going to guess it's around $60 billion.
0: Lucky guess! <laughs> well, if you say so, I'm starting to wonder how much luck is in there, and really, how much... Uh, virtualization of your your own hard drive is going on Emily I think Absolutely up there in none. the gray matter you've got a lot <laughs> swimming up there you're making very efficient use of your brain well done I'm not gonna say you memorized the entire supernova universe but no that was a really good good job 66 billion is VMware's market cap so players at home anywhere from 53 to 79 give yourself along with Emily a check mark don't forget there's that hashtag I beat Emily I think that Hashtag's not going to be used as much this particular week or so. Hashtag I lost to Emily. Also a legit use out there on social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, wherever you do hashtags. Emily, great job! You are now six of eight, and there are two wow. more, two more to go. Let's get to it. So it sounds like you're not a big sports fan. Do you watch the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, I eat lots of food during the Super Bowl, um, and I put an interested face on. So I, in some ways, I watch Super Bowl.
0: Is it fair to say that you're there watching it each year? Kinda. I in some
1: ways it depends on you know if I was on my own I would not be watching it but for the most part it's a social event so you know I get invited places and I go every year.
0: And when you when you watch the Super Bowl, are you doing what many people do and, and watch the ads more than the game, or you, or would you be watching the game more than the ads?
1: Oh, I love the ads because the ads get so much hype. Um, so I definitely think the ads and a halftime show are kind of the the cherry on top of the Super Bowl for me.
0: And so when I say the phrase "Go Daddy." Does that mean anything to you when we talk about Super Bowl ads?
1: Didn't they have all the very inappropriate Super Bowl <laughs> ads like a few years back?
0: This is a company that seemingly every year goes big with its Super Bowl ad <laughs> and often a little risque. I mean for, hey, you build a brand, so <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this is a business where they're just basically selling URLs, right? So if you wanted to get your own Domain name. Do you have Emily Flippen.com, by the way?
1: I do not have Emily Flippen.com. Does anybody? Um, you know, there is one other Emily Flippin out there. I've Googled myself. Um, she seems very nice. She added me on Facebook. Um, <laughs> she might have the domain EmilyFlippin.com. Uh, so I'll have to check it out after this. You
0: could. And in fact, I think it's a quite a delightful experience. I would recommend anybody who's interested in getting a URL, whether it's your name or an intended new business or idea check out godaddy.com that's where you can register it and it's it's an experience just like buying something at amazon you 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 put that url first you search for it and then you find it's available and then you just put it in your cart you add it to cart and then you use paypal and you just buy it for like 10 bucks and you've got a url so it's a pretty great business that godaddy has this is a company that came public pretty recently even mm-hmm. though it's pretty well known as a company but yeah just buying and selling Bits. I mean, just addresses on the internet, which are I don't think are ever going to go out of style. Emily, before I ask you about GoDaddy's market cap, do you see yourself buying a URL? Do you own any URLs? I should have asked you right up front.
1: I not anymore. At one point, did I had a blog where I I meal prepped all my food, so I got a blog and I was posting photos there. Um, Unfortunately, there is so much free food here at the Fool that it actually (laughs) made meal prepping my lunches. like, inefficient in terms of my use of money. Um, so, no, I'm still making all my dinners now. Uh, but unfortunately, I did not you know, see a reason to keep the blog up and running. But at one point, I did own all it. All right. It
0: sounds like, though we may not be among the U.S.'s top 10 <laughs> highest-paying companies, we're pretty good at giving free food. Maybe it's top 25 for count. The Motley Fool. Okay, good. Emily, and everybody playing at home, what is the market cap of GoDaddy?
1: Well, this is going to be embarrassing because I'm pretty sure this is in Rule Breakers, which is the service in which I work. Um, so it's something that I should know out of all these stocks. And it's an old company, but it's also a recent IPO. And domain names, I mean, they're not going anywhere, right? It has to have a high value. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot $32 billion.
0: You know, you and I talked a little <laughs> bit ahead of time oh, no. about how it would be fun if you like badly missed. Oh all. no! Like, Wait, is it, it like be, a 2 billion dollar company <laughs> so much more fun. I, I think a lot of listeners playing at home. Uh want want Matt or Emily to kind of really miss one. They
1: really want us to tank.
0: Yeah, I mean and so you did. You did oh, finally <laughs> actually miss one. And there, I think there's a silver lining which we'll talk about in a sec, but the market cap of GoDaddy is 11.4 billion. So players at home, if you were anywhere from 9.1 billion, no, not 9.0, 9.1 billion right up to 13.7 billion then you got this one. Emily finally missed one and really missed it kinda of badly on this one. You thought the company's worth three times the more than it's worth, but that's the silver lining, Emily. And I we probably talked about this before. I certainly talked about it with Matt, but if you think a company is worth thirty-two billion that's only worth eleven billion, add that to your watch list.
1: I should be buying some GoDaddy, I suppose.
0: Right. Don't you think? And you probably couldn't even imagine that you would have said that. Like Seeing yourself two years ago, seeing yourself say that three right eggs, now. Three X, I unca- said it first. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think it was funny when Matt first badly missed Etsy mm-hmm. a few years ago. I think he guessed the market cap was like five billion. I think it was like one point six. And I said to him at the time, you know, Matt, maybe you should take a look at Etsy and add that to your watch list because you thought it's worth three times more than it's actually worth. So it's it's really undervalued. And Emily, I'm going to say the same thing to you right now you should probably add GoDaddy to your watch list. Tipping the scales at $11 billion today. I will mention, this is a recent pick of ours in Rule Breakers, and it's particularly painful for me, since I made the pick, to note that I picked it at $83.20 a share three months ago. And today, it's down to $64.50. In other words, the stock is down almost 25%. Now, the market over that time, the S&P 500, is down 9%. Like It's not been a good market. And a volatile company, a rule breaker like GoDaddy is usually going to do worse than the market does when the market goes down. These are more volatile. So, anyway, this company is now almost a quarter less valuable than it was when we picked it a few months ago. So, I'm not going to pound the table too hard and we all make our own decisions. But, Emily, I think you should definitely add GDDY. That is the. Giddy, that is the ticker symbol for this company, to your watch list.
1: Consider it added.
0: All right, let's get to company number 10, then close it out. Emily, you are 6 of 9 right now. That is an enviable batting average, a remarkable performance. Great job. This has been so much fun. I guess because it's that time of year, I just have commerce on the brain and e-commerce. It just keeps coming back to me. And I think about companies like Etsy or like Amazon or Sure. Why not buy emilyflippin.com and give it give yourself a gift this this holiday season for ten bucks? There are a lot of places that you can spend money these days on the internet, and one company has made that maybe more than any other company I can think of possible for anybody to open up their own shop online and sell and do business. And in some ways, Etsy has formalized what you or I could do if we just wanted to be our own enterprising entrepreneur just run our own handicrafts shop. And if we did, if we wanted to create our own shop online, what would we probably use?
1: I'm supposed we could use a company like Shopify.
0: I think that that would be a good choice. Not only is that kind of the global leader, for that type of business, although I know you have a Chinese. We'll talk about a Chinese Shopify before we close here. But um, yeah, I think that Shopify would be would be a good selection for us. It's been a great stock selection as well. We picked it in February of 2016, so here we are, just about the three-year anniversary, and the stock was at $21 back then. It's 150 today, so this is a seven-bagger. One of the best Motley Fool picks in the last few years. We picked it in February of 2016 for Rule Breakers, and then we right away Re recommended it the very next month. It had gone from 21 to 26. So, whether you bought at 21 or 26, you're pretty happy today with the stock around 150. Emily Flippin, what is the market cap, 20% either way, of Shopify?
1: Well, I spent a lot of time looking at Baozun, which a lot of people consider the Chinese Shopify, um, and in trying to figure out a good value for that company, I spent a lot of time looking at Shopify as well, and considering the market caps of those two companies. When we talk about market caps and the size of the market, and obviously operating in China, inherently that market's less developed but arguably larger. So I I know I think within a decent twenty percent margin of error what the Market cap of Shopify is, and I'm going to guess that it is sixteen billion.
0: Yeah, sixteen point eight. You know, to put a fine point on it, <laughs> Emily. Wow, you absolutely destroyed it. Hopefully, Bowson
1: will is. get there one day as well. <laughs>
0: so Bowson has not been a great performer for us in rule breakers, not. but it's a company that today I think, if if our data is right, and usually is on our website, I'm seeing it at about two billion dollars. Yeah, that's right? about where it is. So so the company is basically worth about one eighth. Of what Shopify is today. Um, So that's a really, and, and Baozun, that's spelled B A O Z U N. The ticker symbol is B Z U N. Um, between Baozun and Shopify, do you own either of the stocks personally?
1: I own Baozun. I don't own any Shopify, uh, but that's not because I dislike the business. I honestly just never got around to it. Yeah. Uh, but I like I like the idea of both businesses, right? Um, and I like the idea that, you know, hopefully Baozun could one day reach, I guess, eight times to reach the market cap of Shopify.
0: All right. So in her rookie appearance, on the Market Cap Game Show, Emily Flippin just turned in a 7 out of 10. You know, when Tiger Woods first came to the golfing world as a professional and played his first tournament, do you know what he said at his very first interview? I have no clue. It's a famous phrase. The very first thing he said as a professional to those that were gathered at the press conference was, hello world. Hello world. because. The world didn't really know Tiger back then. Emily, I feel like there's a little bit of a Hello World moment for you here on this podcast. Or could, beginner's luck. <laughs> could, could you indulge me and just say that phrase? Sure.
1: Hello, world.
0: Awesome. You definitely earned Not that. Not as
1: iconic, but... <laughs> have it out
0: there now. All right, that was really fun. Great job. And while I'm patting Emily on the back and saying great job, I hope for all of our listeners, I hope, A, that you did at least as well as Emily. And if you did, wow, we'd love to have you consider joining us here at The Motley Fool as an analyst because you're really good. If you didn't do as well as Emily, that's okay because I don't think I would have. Few people would, but I hope you learned something. Whether you learned that GoDaddy, as Emily has, is worth a lot less than you would have thought, or you just learned what market cap was, you didn't even know, this is the first time that you've heard Rule Breaker Investing as a podcast, I hope you took something away that made you smarter. In fact, our new purpose statement, The Molly Pool, to make the world smarter, happier, and richer, in some ways, the Market Cap Game Show really brings all three of those elements together, and that's why it's just about my favorite podcast to do every 90 days. Emily, thank you very much.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. well, coming up next week, you know how I pick five stocks and I do it about every 10 podcasts or so? Well, I'm not going to be offering my next five-stock sampler next week because, darn it, I did one just last month. So, I hope you, if you didn't get a chance to see five stocks that got trouble, please go ahead and listen to that and check out those stock picks from last November. But one thing that we do when we make picks, we do this at The Motley Fool in every context, but especially on this podcast, we check back in and see how we did we hold ourselves accountable. We love to see how did those picks perform and what can we learn from it. So, I have two five-stock samplers to check in on, and that's the primary thing we'll be doing next week. Yep, two years ago, it was December 7th, 2016, I gave you five stocks to put under the tree. I'll be curious to see how well those presents have turned out in the intervening two years. And then last November, I picked five stocks that will let you eat cake. So, we'll be reviewing both of those, one two years later, one one year later on next week's podcast and then we're going to do Mailbag the week after. However, here's a special announcement. I'm taping both of those podcasts later this week so that my producer Rick Engdahl and I can have a happy holiday and not have to come into the office. With that said, then, we're doing our Mailbag taping later this week. So, as soon as you hear this, you have two bits of homework. The first is right away to let us know on social media whether you, I beat Emily hashtag or hashtag I lost Emily. That's step one. Step two is drop us a line. RBI at com is our email address. You can certainly tweet us at RBI Podcast. If you have a mailbag item, you might have a question, you might have a thought or a suggestion, love to feature you. Yep, it's gonna be on Christmas Day. We'll be publishing 12 slash 25, the December mailbag for this month. Well, I hope you had as much fun as I did. I think Emily had even more fun than any of us. In the meantime, have a great week. Fool on As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. And The Molly Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.